your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to this Tuesday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts car will ever need. You can visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the podcast for today's one we're going to just go over a little i guess a mini recap of the penguins opening preseason loss to the columbus blue jackets in case anyone missed it they were shut out three to nothing but you know i'm not really someone who gives a damn about preseason results you know it, 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 most of these players that are playing are ahl guys prospects your regular guys play in one to two, three games at most. So I don't really care if they win or lose. But I am going to go over some performances um, from some players that I thought stood out and some players that I thought could give a little more as this preseason goes on. Let's start out with the positives. I really enjoyed P.O. Joseph's game last night. You can tell just by watching him in the preseason. And I know that Columbus lineup did not have a lot of NHL players. And I think the only one that was out there that's probably going to be on the team is Scott Harrington and the defenseman that opened the scoring. I can't even remember his name um, at this point. That just goes to show you how little I pay attention to who scores um, for preseason for the opposing team. I just don't care that much. I never have. I watched it just because it was hockey and it was something that, you know, the Penguins haven't played for the last few months. So I just wanted to tune in and live tweet as much as I can. But P.O. just looks so smooth moving the puck. Even the defensive zone with his zone exits um, looked better than ever. Um, just by watching that, you can see that he is one of their six best defensemen. Now, what is Ron Hextall going to do about that? I'm not sure. You know, we've all seen the players hyping him up. You're just talking about how he's been so good in the offseason. Crystal Tang, uh, especially, they've been skating together um, outside of training camp. I think they train together as well. Brian Dumoulin has been advocating for him to get playing time this season. So you know where the players stand with someone like POJ. He is your best defenseman in this system. He looked good last year in that small sample size outside of playing on the top pairing with Chris Letang. So, what are they going to do here? Obviously, Sullivan is wants to see more of him. I thought he looked pretty decent next to John Marino last night. That's a pairing that I'm not sure that it would work in a big sample size, but from what I saw last night, it was pretty decent. So I'm really excited to see more of POJ moving forward just to see if he can force the Penguins management and coaching staff's hands to actually put him into the lineup and get rid of this stupid logjam that's on the left side and trade one of those defensemen, preferably Mike Matheson. I think if they were to trade uh, Pedersen, that would be a big mistake just because he is John Marino's safety net, I think is the word to describe it, because they're so dang good together. But there's still a lot of training camp to go, a lot of preseason games left. We'll have to see what happens there. But I really liked his game last night. And as I'm speaking right now, I would have him in this team's opening night lineup. Um, just from what I've seen in training camp and what I've seen through the first preseason game, obviously that can change. But right now I'm thinking Dumoulin the Tang, Pedersen Marino, and I'm thinking Joseph with Ruedel or Joseph Freeman, whatever they want to do for that number six spot. Me personally, I think Chad Ruedel should get it. But that's what I'm thinking right now. He's just 
he's too good to not be playing, I think, at this point. He's a young player. Yes, there's going to be learning curves with him, but with what we saw last year and what we're seeing so far right now, um, you can't keep this player on the bench, um, at least in my opinion. I also thought Nathan Legary looked really good. His foot speed last night was something else. I mean, he was really skinny. That's really, I think, been the biggest knock on him as a player, whether it's down you know, in the AHL or down with his junior teams, is that he hasn't been that quick. But you saw a lot of bursts of speed last night that we really haven't seen from him in the past. He's had some good chances last night. I'm not sure that he's going to make the team out of camp, though. If he continues to play like that, there's going to be a hard decision within uh, the coaching staff and the management to keep him off the team. I also thought Sam Poulin had a good night. He had some really good chances early on, especially in the in the first period. I think there was one. Kasperi Kampanen had a really nice feed. I'll get to him, actually, in just a minute. Um, where it was just a cross-ice pass, but Poulain kind of ran out of real estate uh, and tried to bank it off uh, J.F. Berube, who was just making a ton of saves in that first period. It was constantly under a barrage by the Penguins. I think they were out shooting Columbus for that first period, either 12-1 to through the first 15-16 minutes. I think it ended up being 12-2 or 13-2 at the end of the period. The fact that the Penguins were losing one nothing after the period was just... Nothing short of amazing. I mean, that that's just pure hockey for you. you know the, the other team gets one chance out of uh, three shots they get. Boom! It's in the back of the net. So that's what can happen with hockey. Sometimes it's the devil's sport, as I've always said on this podcast. But going back to Puan, I thought he had another really good chance in front of them. I think it was a captain chance set up as well. So when he's going to the front of the net. He's doing his job, right? I mean, obviously, you want all of your players to go to the front of the net. But Poulin has never been that kind of player, I don't think, throughout his career. So to see him right in the high-danger areas is a great sign. So hopefully, he continues to feed off of that moving forward. Now, let's get to Kasperi Kappa. You know, I tweeted about this many times on both the Locked On Penguins Twitter account and on my Twitter account. And speaking of that, I do want to keep tweeting on the show's Twitter account uh, during the games. This is something I didn't really do a lot uh, last season. I like to usually have my thoughts on my personal Twitter account. But um, in order to engage more with you all, I am going to start doing a lot more live tweeting on the show's Twitter account during games. I'm just going to kind of flip back and forth through the Twitter accounts on my Mac or the PC that I'm getting pretty soon. I want Wanted to announce that right there to you all. But, you know, getting back to Kapanen, uh, what a game that he had. That was just a disgusting display all night long. He was knifing through guys left and right. His skating was off the charts. His playmaking was amazing. I thought he was going to score every time he went onto the ice. And Mike Sullivan really talked him up after the game. If I can find this tweet here, um, here it is. So this is from Penn's Inside Scoop. Uh, Sullivan said on Captain, he has the potential to be an elite player in this league. I do really believe that. I've told him that on a number of occasions, I, and I'm going to do everything in my power to help him get there. Sometimes that means tough love for Cappy, but it's not because we don't think highly of him. It's the opposite. We think very highly of him. There's untapped potential there with him. There isn't any aspect of the game that Cappy can excel in, in my opinion. So that is some high praise from Mike Sullivan. I don't know if Kapanen is ever going to be an elite player in this league. I think he can be a very good player, but there is a chance that he could regress a little bit this season. That's due to his very high shooting percentage at 5v5 last year. And what I mean by that is, so if you go to his 5v5 numbers, so his shooting percentage last year, 16.2%, 11 goals, 10 of those even strength. 
The highest in his career prior to 16.2 was 12.7 in 2018 with Toronto. After that, 11.5. That was when he had the 20-goal, 44-point season in 78 games in 2018-19. It is very unlikely that he shoots 16.2% next season. I think you're probably looking at... 12 to 13, 11 to 12 to 13 percent for him this coming season, and his underlying numbers overall weren't that great. So that's why I'm just a little bit worried about him. But that being said, I thought he got off to a great start last night. If he plays like that when Evgeny Malkin comes back, or if he is elevated up to Sidney Crosby's line, uh, good luck stopping that duo because the way he was going last night, there was no one on the planet that could stop him. I haven't seen him skate like that. Ever, I don't think, by watching him. So that was some really good stuff, I thought, from Cappy. And I'll end with this. I thought Cam Lee was awesome last night as well. He made some really nifty plays with the puck, especially on the power play. He was able to kind of knife through a couple of the Columbus penalty killers and get some shots on net. I think he actually finished with six shots on net last night. So I don't know if he's going to make the team. I mean, he's definitely going to make the coaching staff think about it. I would have POJ over him right now. And with Yuso Riklo there and Chad Ruedel and Mark Friedman, there probably isn't a spot for him as of right now, though if they make a trade, there could be. But he's definitely an intriguing player and someone that is getting better um, as the practices and the games go on. And I think if P.O. does make the team and Lee doesn't, he will be Wilkesbury's number one defenseman down there this season. I really liked what I saw from him. I think he could potentially have a future in this league, maybe as a second to third pairing guy. I don't think he's ever going to be a top pairing defenseman. But um, from what I saw last night, definitely really impressed me. And oh, did forget about this as well. This comes courtesy of Danny Shirey Irving on Penguins Twitter. I did see some people kind of dumping on Danton Heinen last night because they weren't noticing him in the game or something like that. Um, I thought that was the opposite. I thought he was getting um, some good chances, had some nice passes, was finding the defensive zone. Um, on ice at 5v5, according to Danny, he was on the ice for 16 shot attempts, for four shot attempts against, and had 90% of the expected goal share. So that's exactly what you want to see from Heinen, considering his struggles with Anna the last year and a half to two years and if he can regain his play driving success when he was with Boston which was you know right around a half a point per game then he's going to be a top candidate for the steal of the offseason I've seen people say they should put him on Sid's wing when the season starts I'm not really sure about that I think he should get top six minutes to start though and frankly, I don't think they have a choice just because both of the centers are going to be out to start this season. So really nice start from Heinen and all of those players that I mentioned. Um, we'll get to some players who I thought struggled a little bit in this preseason game coming up in the next segment. Before we do that, though, um, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite shows, movies, and sports all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. We also can't forget about rockauto.com. Why should you choose to spend 30% 50% or even 100% more for the same parts on a chain store or car dealership. It is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from bright parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. You can go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck. And you can write locked on it in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably below prices, all the parts your car ever need. That is rockauto.com. 
All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And as a reminder, thank you all so much for listening to this episode and making this hopefully your first listen of the, your weekday. Now, getting into some players who I thought struggled in this first preseason game. Again, this probably doesn't mean much. I mean, the regular season is still two freaking weeks away here, people. So I'm not going to overreact too much, but... Uh, I, I liked a little bit what I saw from Tristan Jari, but that goal he gave up was just too similar to what I saw in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, the Penguins are playing well. Um, they're controlling the high danger chances. They're controlling the scoring chances overall. Um, but the one big chance Columbus gets, it's in the back of the net. I know a lot of fans are going to say, well, glove side, bro, glove side. And I, I hate that argument. I, I've hated it since Matt Murray was here. It honestly started when Matt Murray got a lot of the starts just because he was giving up goals there, but they weren't saying the same things about Marc-Andre Fleury. It was just a weird thing. Now it's continued over to Tristan Jari. And I'll say this, it is a proven fact that a lot of goals that goalies will give up will go to glove size. It is one of the prime areas to shoot at. I don't know why people seem to always have this talking point of, well, shoot glove side on this guy, shoot glove side on this guy. Players are going to do that on every single goalie. I mean, that, that is just the reality of the situation around the National Hockey League. There's blocker side, five hole, glove side, wherever else. I mean, those are the three main areas where people like to shoot. So the people that continue to say glove side this, glove side that, it's just a lazy take and something that I'm kind of tired of. Though, that said, I think it's a puck that Tristan Jari needs to stop. There wasn't too much traffic from the net. I think he had a clear line of sight to it. Um, it's definitely something that carried over a little bit from the Stanley Cup playoffs, and that can't carry over to the regular season, that's for sure. I thought he did have some good saves early on before that, especially with a couple scrambles in front of the net, but the goal he gave up, I just did not like it at all. I thought it's one that needs to be saved, so hopefully he cleans that up going into the regular season. I know some people were a little impressed with Brian Boyle last night. To me, I didn't see it. I mean, you know, obviously he's a big body out there, and I'm sure the local media or certain local reporters are going to drive that point home in every single game recap, feature story, whatever else they write or tweet on their official Twitters. It's just, okay, yeah, he's six foot six. Nobody really cares. Um, but I did kind of think he was skating a little bit in mud last night. You can really um, see that he did not play last year. He just definitely looked a step slower than a lot of the other skaters on the ice. And again, I'll reiterate this. This is not someone who I want playing in all 82 games. I think if he's your 13th forward, that's fine. And, you know, can play 20 to 25 games in a, you know, small minimum role. You know what? I'll take it. You know, he's not going to give you good bottom six stats in all 82 games. It's just not the kind of player he is anymore. But I just didn't really like what I saw from him last night overall. I know he's had good training camp practices and good scrimmages, but in an actual real game, there was definitely some signs that he may not have it anymore. Again, it's only one game. He'll probably play a bit better in the next preseason game when he's in the lineup, but it was definitely not too encouraging to me, at least in my opinion. I didn't really like Chad Ruedel's game that much. I thought he got burned a couple of times. I think it was uh, a, like a mini breakaway. He couldn't get the puck off the Columbus player stick, and he was basically right there, and Philip Lundberg had to come up with a pretty good save there to keep it a one nothing game. I- I'm sure he'll rebound, but you know, not, I guess, the greatest start for him trying to win that number six job. I, I will definitely see Mark Freeman, I would think, in the Penguins' next exhibition game later this week. 
Let's see here. Sam Lafferty didn't impress me at all. He's always that training camp hero. He makes so many great plays in camp, and it's like, wow, you know, he really could push for a top 12 roster spot. There's definitely some talent there. But then when a real game comes along, he just looks like crap. I don't really know what it is with him. I just don't think he's an NHL player at this point. I know some of the local media last season, the season before, tried to tell you that he is one of their best 12 forwards and that he was looking great in camp. But when they inserted him into a playoff game, he looked completely lost. So that's not a mistake I would want to make again if I were Mike Sullivan. Just send him down to Wilkes-Barre. I really don't think he should be on the opening night roster, at least in my opinion. Yuso Rikula, I thought he was okay last night, but really did nothing to stand out as someone who's trying to uh, make the top six this season. I think he's just going to be right where he is. I saw a couple takes on Twitter saying that um, they would have him over P.O. Joseph. I 100% disagree with that. I think Yusuf Rikula is nothing more than a depth defenseman, while P.O. has the chance to be a solid second to third pairing defender in this league. And yes, I have seen Yusuf Rikula's underlying numbers. They are better than a couple other defenders on this team, but no, at the end of the day, for whatever reason, Mike Sullivan does not want to play him. I am still in the camp that I would want to see more from him, but I still think even when you see that, he's just going to be that typical number seven to number eight defender. Now, I know this. I said that this segment was de- dedicated towards some of the negative from last night. I did want to end it on a little positive note. Really liked Dominic Simone's game last night. This He's going to make the opening night roster. Um, I hope people need to prepare for this now. Um, if I'm wrong, I'll eat a lot of crow. But from what I'm seeing right now, he is a lock to make this roster. I understand that he drives fans crazy. He has a low shooting percentage. He doesn't finish on his chances, but he's still a really good playmaker. And that is the big thing that Mike Sullivan likes about him. He's also a good skater and he sees the ice really well. But at the end of the day, he's a good playmaker and that's going to be enough for him to make this team. Hopefully he brings it all together and finishes more this year. But you also have to deal with the fact that the Penguins' top players really enjoy playing with him. Sidney Crosby especially. He has gone on record to the media and has said that he enjoys playing with Simone and would rather play with him over some other players on this team. Obviously, he's not going to name them, but he is one of Sid's favorites to play with. And I would not be surprised if we do see Simone on the line with Sid and Jake at points this year if the team is definitely banged up. And I think to start the year, you'll probably see Simone um, in the bottom six. But I thought he was skating hard last night. His passing was crisp. He was getting some decent chances. And he looked to be all the way back after he struggled last season in Calgary. He just had a lot of injury problems, I think, for the last year to year and a half. So to see him back healthy, that's really good news. I think that's basically all I have with regards to the positives and the negatives when it comes to this game. And I can't believe I've actually spent 18 minutes talking about a preseason hockey game. I don't know what the world has come to. Before we do get to the next segment, um, Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. You can head to the website or use your phone to sign up today to receive your 100% off welcome bonus. That is double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and you have to use that promo code LOCKED ON when you first sign up. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Now, for this segment, just want to touch on a couple little newsy items. The Penguins have released 
uh, well, they have reduced, excuse me, their training camp roster down to 48 players. Uh, John Drozg and Justin Almeida have been reassigned to Wilkesbury. They both played last night in the Penguins preseason debut, but the Penguins have decided that they don't need to see any more of them for the rest of camp in preseason and have just sent them down to Wilkesbury. So that was the next little round of cuts for Pittsburgh. They still need 25 more players to be re-signed to their junior teams or Wheeling or Wilkesbury before the start of the season in a couple of weeks. And just to give a, a little more thoughts on those, Almeida and uh, Droz were never going to make the team. They are just pure depth players in Wilkesbury. Nothing really stood out, uh, stood out excuse me, about their game last night, at least in my opinion. Now remember, the Penguins' next preseason game will be Friday, October 1st in Buffalo to take on the Sabres. Puck drop is at 7 p.m. Eastern time. It can be heard on the Penguins' official uh, flagship radio station, 105.9. The ex-Joss Getzoff will be calling that game with Phil Bork. I don't think it will be broadcasted to everyone. I know there were some complaints last night. I mean, at the end of the day, people, it's a preseason game. The people were just in Pittsburgh complaining about it. It wasn't on AT&T Sports Network. I mean, you can just watch it on the official website. I was down in Northern Virginia, and I was able to do it just fine. So I really don't think that's too big of a deal. And I'm guessing they'll probably do that for the game on Friday if the road crew is allowed to travel to Buffalo. So write down those Penguin hockey plans in your calendar accordingly, 7 p.m. Eastern on Friday. If you're not there, well, you know, what kind of fan are you? Nah, I'm just messing around. If you don't watch a preseason game, I'm not really going to hold it against you or anything like that. Also, I know I don't think I've talked about this yet. This was This was from last week. So the NHL has decided to have a tighter standard of Rule 59, which is cross-checking. Um, they, they're gonna, they're, they've been saying that, you know, we're going to call this more often and they're gonna, just going to be more strict with it, blah, 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 blah. Um, they're going to call it like that for a month. And then they're going to stop calling it. That, that is how they've done this for all the rules that they tried to be more strict on, whether that's hooking, tripping, boarding, whatever penalty call that they have in the book. And it's not going to be any different here. You know, as DK was talking about it on DK Pittsburgh Sports, um, there were zero penalties called with cross-checking in that game last night. And there were eight penalties called overall. So I'm sure the players totally got the memo as we were seeing uh, them get cross-checked last night. And you're going to see a lot more of that, I'm sure, in the preseason moving forward and obviously in the regular season. So I take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt. I'll believe it when I see it, when they want to crack down on penalties. And it's just going to be the same old garbage, especially when the playoffs come around, when players are just cross-checking other players with no punishment. And, and it's going to lead to the same outcry from fans across the league not just penguins fans that listen to this show or penguins fans in general for them to be more strict with calls and the cycle is going to repeat itself you know it's just going to go round and round as the song by rat goes and yes i am a huge fan of 80s hard rock metal but that'll do it for this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i appreciate all of you listening to this one we'll have another episode coming out tomorrow josh Getzoff will be my guest for that one and we have a whole lot of topics to discuss with that so hope you all enjoy that one i'll tweet that one when it goes out so i will talk to you all tomorrow